Get ready to grip it and rip it. All right, let's move on. We got golfers waiting. Dedicated to bringing better golf to America, this is Tea to Green, the golf show. That's right. Golf is the language spoken here every Sunday on Tita Green, the golf show, coming your way worldwide on American Forces Radio, coast to coast on Sports Byline USA. I'm Jay Ritchie, along with Jerry Butenhoff from the five-star Broadmoor Resort, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Thanks for making what we do a part of your weekend. It is a big weekend. We've got a big show and a couple of authors with us today. But they couldn't be more different. Today, up first, Neil Sagabell. His last book, The Longest Shot, was all about Jack Fleck winning the 55 U.S. Open against all odds. His new book, Draw in the Dunes, is all about the 1969 Ryder Cup and the finish that shocked the world. It's been known, it's become known through the years as the concession. Jack Nicholas conceding the putt to Tony Jacklin on the very last hole that allowed the Great Britain, Britain team to tie the U.S. team, although the U.S. did retain the cup with the tie. Neil Sagabell, draw in the dunes, joining us today on Tee to Green. Then later in the hour, Dr. Michael Larden will be here. His book is called Mastering Golf's Mental Game, Your Ultimate Guide to Better On-Course Performance and Lower Scores. One of the guys he's helped is Phil Mickelson, and he'll be talking about golf's mental game and his new book, which is due out soon, Mastering Golf's Mental Game. Dr. Michael Larden will be here. We'll also update you what's going on on tours, two big tournaments, ladies and men's tournaments this week. It's all ahead on Tee to Green. It's early Sunday morning. The sun is coming up. I'm on the tee at 7. I'm here to try my luck. They say this game's a tough one, but I'll give it my best shot. Though the bunkers look like beaches and the greens like parking lots. Oh, Lord. What am I gonna do? Help me keep my head down. Save me from those double bogey blues. If you missed something from today's show... Have no fear, Tita Green is now available on iHeartRadio Talk, your favorite shows and personalities your way, iHeartRadio.com slash talk. Jay and Jerry going to tee it up with Neil Sagabell as we are worldwide on American Forces Radio and coast to coast on the Sports Byline USA Radio Network. Heartburn sufferers can now eat at the corner of Look Spicy and I'm Going In. That's because Walgreens makes it easy with new Nexium 24-hour. Now the number one prescribed acid-blocking brand is available without a prescription for frequent heartburn. So swing by Walgreens. You'll be in and out with the protection you need to spice things up. Walgreens, at the corner of happy and healthy. May take one to four days for full effect. Use as directed to treat frequent heartburn, not for immediate relief. Attention catheter users. Stop reusing dirty catheters. Catheters are now disposable. Recent changes in Medicare now allow patients up to 200 disposable catheters a month. All at little or no cost to you. We bill Medicare. Put an end to the mess and risk of infection by using old catheters. Just use a catheter once and throw it away. Eliminate trips to the pharmacy and insurance paperwork. Shipping is free. 
Receive a free catheter sample by calling and joining Medical Direct Club right now. Call 1-800-399-9018 to receive your free catheter sample discreetly delivered right to your door. That's 1-800-399-9018. 1-800-399-9018. Call 1-800-399-9018 today. Deductibles and copays apply. Free catheter samples require qualified membership. Sample will arrive with 90-day order. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 877-499-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So cancel the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 877-499-MY-TV. Right now, to sign up for packages starting as low as $24.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional professional installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $24.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 877-499-MY-TV that's 877-499-MY-TV cancel the cable cut costs and get more call now 877-499-MY-TV that's 877-499-MY-TV Want to stay in touch with your favorite Sports Byline USA network hosts? Like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Sports Byline USA. You can also see the latest news in the world of sports, learn about upcoming contests and giveaways, plus catch up on guest info so you never miss a moment with the biggest names in every sport. Football, basketball, baseball, MMA, and more. No matter where you are in the U.S. or around the world, you can stay connected to the host and fans who love what you love. So check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Byline USA. Destination listening for dedicated golfers. It's Tita Green, the Golf Show, Jay Ritchie, alongside Jerry Butenhoff, Rodmore Resort, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Great to be back with you and talking a little golf for another Sunday as summertime winds down. We get ready to move into fall. Hopefully you still got a few golf dates on your schedule. How you doing, Jerry? All right. Uh, I want to say a quick little happy birthday to our uh, producer, Scott Cuddy. I don't know why he's working today. He should have the day off, but um, <laughs> I'm sure someone will bring some cake in for him. He's working because we're slave drivers. Well, that whatever, yeah. <laughs> um, real quick, before we get to Neil, we should bring this up. We've just been informed that uh, Greg Norman has injured himself uh, with a chainsaw at his home in Florida. Uh, has uh, apparently some sort of severe... Uh, laceration cut. to his left yeah. arm and everything so um will you uh, i'm sure that uh, as uh, people maybe watch one of the events on television today they'll hear more about that and uh, we certainly hope the best for him uh you know you, we'll talk about rory mcelroy a little later in the day he uh, has come up uh, with his distance and and uh and accuracy he's become i think the latest version of greg norman who might have been the best driver of the ball ever for yeah. distance and accuracy and Good everything. Point. So, Coming up later in the hour, Dr. Michael Larden's going to be here. His book is called Mastering Golf's Mental Game, An Ultimate Guide to Better On-Course Performance and Lower Scores, and who can't use that? You know, we talk so much about uh, 
swing and on plane and all this technical jargon. But uh, right between you know, the ears, those six inches, Bobby Jones said the most important six inches in golf. And we'll talk about uh, the mental game with Dr. Michael Art. And our next guest, back with us again, we're coming up on another Ryder Cup, which will be at Glen Eagles in Scotland here shortly. And uh, back in 1969, the Ryder Cup competition concluded with what has been called golf's greatest act of sportsmanship. Throughout the Cup, uh, the U.S. and Great Britain battled down uh, head-to-head. 17 of the 32 matches were not decided until the final hole. And the last match was Jack Nicklaus versus Tony Jacklin, and it went down to the last hole as well. Neil Sagabell's new book is called Draw in the Dunes, a retelling of the 1969 Ryder Cup competition. And it's out, just came out. Good timing. It's no coincidence. We've got Neil on the show today to talk about it. Neil, welcome back to Tee to Green. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you, Jay and Jerry? We are, we are doing great. The um, Ryder Cup, as I said, just around the corner. Your book is now out, Draw in the Dunes. Yeah, a follow-up to a, a, a great book, The Last Shot, which, or The Longest Shot, rather, talking about the 19, was it 55 U.S. Open, won by the underdog of underdogs, Jack Fleck. This one, Draw in the Dunes, golf's greatest act of sportsmanship, Jack Nicklaus conceding the putt on the last hole to Tony Jacklin. You had a lot of things. I know you addressed this in the... Uh, author's notes at the beginning of the book. You had a lot of things to write about when looking for an, another book to follow up The Longest Shot with. What drew you to Draw in the Dunes? Well, it was an interesting process because I felt like with that book, first book, I felt like the story came to me. It, it sort of landed on my doorstep. I, uh, I ended up connecting with Jack Fleck. I wasn't planning on writing a book, and that all happened a wonderful gift, a great time. I was very privileged to be able to get a book out on that wonderful story. And then I thought, should I try another one? And then I I sort of went looking. And you have a tendency to think, well, there's nothing much. What what are you going to tell? What hasn't been done? I came across, you know, every time they play the Ryder Cup, people who watch these things are interested in golf and sports. This clip is shown of, of Jack and Jack Nicholas and Tony Jacklin on that final green. It's uh, that iconic moment. And I thought, wow, that's such a great moment in golf, and I want to explore that more. Why does, how can a two-foot putt matter so much? And what is it about that? What's the full story, the context, the Ryder Cup, the essence of the Ryder Cup? And so what I hope to have done with this book is give the full story and and everything that was going on, why that was such an important moment in history, not just the concession, but in the history of the Ryder Cup. So that's what I've, I've, I've put out there with Drawing the Dance. Yeah, you talk about the full story. You know, the central part of the story is, of course, the concession, Nicholas conceding that putt to Jacqueline. But as you did with The Longest Shot, if people read this and think all they're going to get is the story of that last putt, they're they're mistaken because you you flesh it out and you give you give so much more than just the last putt you give all the things that that surround it and lead up to it and how difficult was that going back to 1969 it was 
in, in, in a lot of ways, it was similar to doing the longest shot, and I felt like it, the process wasn't as – it was more known to me. Uh, a lot of the research was similar. Uh, I was able to collect a lot of good materials, and I talked to most of the players, uh, surviving players on both teams, which was great. Uh, one, th- one thing that was a little surprising to me was – a lot of there was a lot of television coverage of the 1969 Ryder Cup by the BBC, and when I went to explore what I could get, uh, I found out there was only three minutes left, and that that really surprised me. But as it turned out, there was there was enough information there that I was able to piece this together, and I really hope to write another narrative in which the you know when people read this story, they'll feel like they were there. Our guest is Neil Sagabell. Draw in the Dunes is the book. Neil, back in 1969, the Ryder Cup was not on the public radar like it is now since all of Europe has is, is, uh, been part of the you know, opposition. Um, what did you find about the public's perception of what happened, and, and was, it, um, was it really a big deal uh, for the golfing public like it would have been today? That's a great question, Jerry. It's There's really two answers to that. It was a huge deal on the other side of the Atlantic. I mean, it was huge. They loved their golf. Uh, things were very different in that era. You know, there was a British tour. It was a Great Britain team, as you've alluded to. There was an American tour. It hadn't been competitive for so many years that it had it, almost become irrelevant. Uh, a tie, we don't think of this tie as being a great thing in sports, but it actually was. It, it, a tie felt like a win for the Brits. It helped to breathe life back into the event. On the American side, they got out of there. They had to rally on those final eight matches and afternoon singles to get the tie. And... You know, the, there wasn't as much coverage on this side of the Atlantic. There were a lot of things going on. There was a pennant race. I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, the Miracle Mets, 1969 Mets, were on sure. their way to a pennant in the World Series. And uh, sports writers like the, the legendary Jim Murray kind of chastised the American team for not winning because they were expected to win. But as time went by, realized it was probably the best thing that could have happened to the Ryder Cup at that time, that there were these exciting matches. You had everything that a Ryder Cup could be in 1969, and it helped keep it going. And as we now know, the Nicholas concession was this great act of sportsmanship. Jack just had a way of, I guess, sensing the right thing to do. Uh, his player, uh, many players on his team, and, and his captain Sam Snead, were not happy with that concession at the time. Though, had it, I know there's no way to really know this, but had it not been Jack Nicklaus, say it been one of the other American players, what would the, what, what would the outcome have been? Would it have been the same? You mean it, had they made a concession like that? Had had it been one of the other players besides Nicklaus? Would we still would we still be talking? Yeah, yeah. Would we still be talking about it and writing about it today? Perhaps not. Um, I think you know Jack was at a different stage in his career then too. But um, he 
if you talk to Jack today and, and I got a chance to sit down with him, I I think Jack is probably he accepts what's happened and the way people look back on it now. But I think Jack's sort of surprised that this has become the big deal that it is. I mean, in yeah. so many words, he told me that. Neil, uh, we're almost we're almost out of time for this segment, but can you stick around and and we'll we'll follow this up on the other side of the break? Here absolutely. We're I'll talking. Stand by. Super. We're talking to Neil Sagabell. His new book, forward by Jack Nicholas and Tony Jacklin, is called "Draw in the Dunes: The 1969 Ryder Cup and the Finish That Shocked the World." We'll continue with Neil on the other side. Jay and Jerry from the Broadmoor. We are live and in real time on the Internet at sportsbyline.com and our website, t2greenradio.com. Be right back. Who did you let down today? Your wife? Your kids? Well, how about yourself? Take a look in the mirror. If you're tired of your drug and alcohol problem, you need to fix the problem and right now before you hurt or kill yourself or worse yet, somebody else. Call the addiction specialist now at the Detox and Treatment Helpline 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. If you have private insurance, we specialize in finding you the right treatment. When you call right now, you'll speak to a recovering addict who understands what you're going through right now. Let us help you break your addiction to drug and alcohol before it's too late. This call is completely confidential and free. So if you have private insurance, take five minutes of your time. Call right now. I promise it'll change your life. 866-490-3992-866-490-3992-866-490-3992. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical and some may not qualify. The consultation is free and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Today, investors need to secure and protect their life savings. With government spending out of control, they continue to print money to cover the ever-increasing debt, which decreases the value of the dollar and promotes inflation. American Bullion offers a hassle-free opportunity to transfer any portion of your existing IRA or previous 401k to a gold IRA for your protection. Take advantage of the lower gold prices today and enjoy the long-term security and hedge against inflation that gold and silver can provide in an IRA. Thousands of others have trusted American Bullion to transfer their IRAs into gold. And you can too. Call American Bullion today and discover the stability, protection, and peace of mind that a gold IRA can bring. Call American Bullion today at 800-576-1046 for a free consultation and receive their free IRA rollover guide, which offers the best information on gold IRAs. Keep your life savings safe and sound when you can. Call 800-576-1046. That's 800-576-1046 for your free gold IRA guide. 
There was only one other acceptable theory about how to hit a golf ball. Oh, boy. Well, I'm afraid to ask. Well, what is it? What's the other theory? Grip it and rip it. <laughs> Tea to Green takes you to the driving range with our tip of the week. The Broadmoor is one of the world's premier resorts and the longest holder of the prestigious AAA Five Diamond Award. This 3,000-acre property has 700 rooms and suites, a world-class amenity spa and fitness center, plus more than 185,000 square feet of meeting space. The Broadmoor is located five miles southwest of downtown Colorado Springs and one hour south of Denver. The Broadmoor continues to stand in the forefront of world-class facilities, amenities, and services. Combining modern comfort and convenience with an elegant charm of the past. Hi everyone, this is Mark Kelbel again, the head golf pro at the Broadmoor Golf Club. Today I want to talk to you about fairway wood play. Three things I want you to keep in mind to help you hit those a little bit better. One, you need nice, loose grip tension when you're trying to hit a fairway wood. This will help you get it on the face. Remember, your goal with a fairway wood is to advance the ball in play. You can heel it, you can tow it, you can even take a little turf. As long as you advance it in play, you've accomplished your goal. The only thing you want to avoid with a fairway wood is a bad miss or a pop-up. Secondly, when you place the ball in your stance, put a little more in the middle of it. This will be a little bit more forgiven if it's not perfect. Again, you just want to advance it in play, so play it a little bit more in the middle of your stance. The last thing is, if the ball is a little bit below your feet or a little bit above your feet, make adjustments accordingly. If it's below your feet, you got to bend your knees just a little bit more. Take a practice swing or two to help you get used to staying down to that ball. Make sure you clip your grass. And if the ball is above your feet, choke the club a little bit. Take a practice swing or two to help you find out where exactly the ball is in reference to the bottom of your swing. It'll help you get it on the face and advance the ball in play. That's your number one goal with a fairway wood. For more on making contact with the Fairway Wood, check out t2greenradio.com or visit your local PGA professional. It's America's longest-running network radio golf show. It's T2Green, Jay Ritchie, Jerry Butanoff, Broadmoor Resort, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Coming up, we'll be talking to Dr. Michael Larden. His book is called Mastering Golf's Mental Game. We continue with Neil Sagabell, his new book, Draw in the Dunes, retelling of the 1969 Ryder Cup competition. That year, the U.S. and Great Britain battled down to the wire. The U.S. defending champs heavily favored, but the Brits gave them all they could handle. And going down to the last match, the match tied on the last hole, on the last putt, Jack Nicklaus conceded that putt to Tony Jacklin. The tie gave the Americans the cup again, while the British were able to walk away with their heads held high. And, Neil, we were talking about Jack Nicklaus before the break, and during the break I was thinking about it. Did Jack, he knew he was going to be the anchor. He knew he was going to be the last guy out for the U.S. team. Did he at all think ahead and and think about it might come down to that and conceding the putt, or was it just a spur-of-the-moment thing for him? It was spur-of-the-moment, and that was something I wondered for a long time myself. As I started uh, researching this book and writing it, I started talking to the players, and Jack was one of my last interviews. And he didn't didn't think of it ahead of time. But he, you know, Jack is a rare person, not only his playing ability, but his, his mental ability and his uh, and he processed all that in the moment. Right before he conceded that putt, 
he had to grind over about a five-footer that, had he missed it, the Americans probably would have lost the Ryder Cup. Mm. It, it might have been one of the toughest putts he'd had in, in his career up to then. You know, for one thing, he was playing in his first Ryder Cup, so it all came down to that. Uh, so, yeah, Jack definitely came up with that in the moment, which is pretty amazing. Neil, did uh, I, I know what a lot of people have always speculated, and I don't know if, if Jack would even have an answer to this either. Uh, had that putt been for the British side to retain the cup instead of the U.S. side, would he have even thought about what he did? I We talked a little bit about that, too, with Jack, and, and I felt like I had the answer to it before I even got to him because I talked to one of his teammates that year, Ken Still. Uh, I think the answer is no. He wouldn't have given the putt had it been for a win. You know, Tony would have had to definitely get it in the hole and earn it with getting it in the hole. And, and I think because it was for a tie, it, it changed the complexion of it. And Jack felt like after the week that they'd been through, the close matches, some of the things that had gone on, he, he told me, he said, this is not a direct quote, but he said, I thought a tie was a good result and that the Ryder Cup is about sportsmanship. And the other thing that's really important is he didn't want to entertain the possibility that Jacqueline would miss this short one. He didn't think he would, but had Tony missed that in front of his countrymen, it could have ruined his career. He had just won the British Open. He was playing great that summer. And Jack didn't want to see anything bad come out of that. You mentioned that Sam Snead, the U.S. captain, and some of Nicholas's teammates were not happy with Jack conceding the putt. Did they, did they ever get over it, or what was what was the uh, end result there? They all got over it, as far as I know. Now, Including Snead? No. Well, no, I don't think Sam ever got over it. He just didn't really believe in that. It, it yeah. went against his philosophy. But I can tell you from talking to Billy Casper... Frank Beard, Tommy Aaron, Raymond Floyd, and others. Uh, Raymond Floyd was for it immediately. He saw it for what it was. Uh, Dave Hill, who's deceased, Dan Sykes, Miller Barber's gone. Uh, You know, I don't know that Dave Hill and Dan Sykes would have been in favor of it at the time, but they all came to understand it in retrospect that it was a great thing for the Ryder Cup. And they all were very transparent with me when they talked to me. They said at the time, we we weren't for it because we'd played so hard that week and we wanted to win. But as time went on, they said it was a great thing that Jack did and it was good for the Ryder Cup. Neil, how much, how much of the fact that it was only a two-foot putt plays into this whole thing here? I mean, during the course of, of Ryder Cup or President's Cup or Solheim, Two-foot putts are conceded all the time on the first and second day. Um, it's not like he had a four- or five-footer like Jack had just made. Um, how much, you know, the fact is hey, he probably would have made it anyway. How much of that has played into the story as time has, has come along here? I, I think there is a sense. Every time I hear Jack talk about it, whether it was to me or others, he said, I don't think Tony would have missed the putt. And, and Tony is believes in his heart, that there's no way he would have missed it. But what is interesting is players on both teams said, even though it's about two feet, 
it was a missable putt under those circumstances with the Ryder Cup hanging in the balance. Sure. Both, and, and the other thing is, you know, we've seen in recent history putts of that length missed. Back then, the greens were not as good as they are now. Uh, so, you know, it's possible it could have been missed. If it wasn't a missable putt, then the concession really wouldn't have meant that much. You said something a couple of minutes ago, Jack Nicholas playing in his first Ryder Cup. It was 1969. He'd already won seven major championships. And you talked about this in the book. How, how is it that Nicholas at that point was on a rookie on the Ryder Cup team? Well, the PGA of America was in charge of things. They were actually, this was the juncture where the tour started to split away and become the PGA Tour. But the PGA of America had a rule that you had to be uh, a PGA professional for about five years before you were even eligible to play in the Ryder Cup. And that's what affected Jack, uh, even though he's a veteran player at that time, that it was his first Ryder Cup. And there were 10, 10 of the 12 players on the American team were rookies that year, including Lee Trevino, Raymond Floyd, and, and several others. They'd never played before. So it was an interesting year. The book is called Draw in the Dunes, the 1969 Ryder Cup and the finish that shocked the world. We talked about Jack Nicklaus. How about Tony Jacklin all these years later? What's his take, Neil? Uh, Tony, Tony just w- was appreciative of the gesture, and he, he holds Jack in, in high regard like so many other people do. Uh, what's interesting about this to me, too, a little bit, is that, you know, Jack... Jack, this is remembered for this great act that Jack did, and it really didn't have anything to do with this play that week, which is unusual in golf. Tony Jackson was the best player on either team that week. He played in all six matches, and he won five points. So, in a sense, he's a little bit of an unsung hero of that Ryder Cup, because we all remember Jack and what he did. But Jacklin was the man as far as how he played. Yep. Neil Sagabell, the book is called Draw in the Dunes, the 1969 Ryder Cup and the Concession, the finish that shocked the world. If you are a golf fan, do yourself a favor, a must-read, Draw in the Dunes. Always great to have you on the show, Neil. Best of luck with the book, and come back and visit again soon. Hey, thanks so much, guys. Have a great day. That's Neil Sagabell, the foreword in the book by Jack Nicholas and Tony Jacklin. Great read. you got to check it out. Draw in the Dunes. Up next, Dr. Michael Larden on Tita Green. Hello, you have reached Easy Office Phone. If you know the extension of the person you are calling, please press 1 now. For features like unlimited North American calling, voicemail to email, and web-based control, press 2 now. If you are calling for a free month of service and $25 off new Panasonic handsets, press 3 now. To speak with an Easy Office Phone agent about cloud-based business phone service, call 866-671-0111. That's 866-671-0111. Or visit easyofficephone.com. We all know health care has changed drastically. It's quite the puzzle to sort through your options and find a health insurance plan that's affordable and maximizes your benefits. 
And you are now required by law to have health insurance or you may pay a tax penalty. So let the Health Markets Insurance Agency help you. They offer plans from over 120 different companies and can even help you obtain government subsidies. Let them do all the research for you and show you how affordable health insurance can be. A service that's at no extra cost to you. Call now and learn your options to find affordable health insurance. 800-614-1242. 800-614-1242. Health Markets Insurance Agency is a DBA or assumed name of Insphere Insurance Solutions, Inc., which is a licensed insurance agency in all 50 states and D.C. Not all agents are licensed to sell all products. Service availability varies by state. GEICO presents Fan Mail to a Pig. Dear Maxwell, first off, hope you are well. And I am. Seems like all you do is promote GEICO's web and app abilities. And while I really enjoyed your last commercial where you talked about how I could take a photo of my VIN number and add it to my account all via my GEICO app, I've got to think it doesn't leave you much time for anything else. Do tell. Sincerely, Miranda Morgan. Well, Miranda, thank you for asking. And this GEICO spokespick does have time to do other things. For instance, I do a lot of VIN scanning to add a car. Just a tap away on the GEICO app. Be careful. There's going to be a shark attack in Stockton because San Jose Sharks hockey is coming to town. Don't miss your chance to experience the speed, intensity, and hard hits of NHL hockey when the Sharks battle the Canucks in preseason action on September 23rd at 7.30 p.m. live at Stockton Arena. Get your tickets now at the Stockton Arena box office, Ticketmaster.com, or at Ticketsmaster Outlets. Stockton is Sharks territory. When you work out, you give it your all. At the gym or outdoors, it's intense, impactful, nonstop. You need a headphone that keeps up and won't fall out. With iSport, you get pure monster sound, a comfortable fit, washability, and control talk at your fingertips so you don't miss a call. Choose from a range of noise isolations with iSport Intensity, Victory, and Strive, or go wireless with iSport Freedom. Monster iSport, the athlete's headphone. Available at Target and Best Buy or online at monsterproducts.com. Just tap it in. Just tap it in. Give it a little tappy. Tap, tap, tap a roof. Time to work on your short game. Tea to Green helps you get it up and down. The Broadmoor is one of the world's premier resorts and the longest holder of the prestigious AAA Five Diamond Award. This 3,000-acre property has 700 rooms and suites, a world-class amenity spa and fitness center, plus more than 185,000 square feet of meeting space. The Broadmoor is located five miles southwest of downtown Colorado Springs and one hour south of Denver. The Broadmoor continues to stand in the forefront of world-class facilities, amenities, and service, combining modern comfort and convenience with an elegant charm of the past. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Kelbel, the head golf pro at the Broadmoor Golf Club. Today we want to talk to you about pitching and how important it is to be able to make the right motion there to get the ball closer to the cup where you can make more up and downs. First of all, when you're pitching, I want the ball right in the middle of your stance. There are variations off this, and certain lies may dictate otherwise, but for the most part, you want the ball right in the middle of your stance. Secondly, I want you to think of hands on a clock. Your backswing generally mirrors your follow-through in regards to length. Sometimes you're going to follow through a little bit more just to keep the momentum of the golf swing. Think of 9 to 3. This will help you keep nice controlled motion, good contact, and get the ball to where you want to go. Lastly, 
the back of your left hand is going to mirror your club face. Whatever the back of the left hand does, so goes the club face. So if you let that kind of turn over, the ball will likely either be hit in the middle of the golf ball or you'll pull it or you'll put topspin on it. At the end of your golf swing, you want to be able to put a cup of coffee on the face of your golf club going right at your target. Save strokes. Get the ball up and down. Check out tdegreenradio.com or visit your nearest PGA professional. It's the show by golfers for golfers. T to green. Continuing from the five-star Broadmoor Resort, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Jay Ritchie alongside Jerry Butenhoff. Happy birthday to our producer in studio in San Francisco, Scott Cuddy. And thanks for joining us today. If you like what you hear, be sure to check out our website, tdegreenradio.com. Visit our Facebook page. We could always use a few more likes. And while you're there, wondering who T. Green thinks the top ten golfers in the world are, men and women, check out our T. Green top ten. We change it every week at tdegreenradio.com. Our next guest is here to help master your mental game. And who couldn't use help in that department? His new book, in fact, is called Mastering Golf's Mental Game. Dr. Michael Larden is a nationally recognized uh, speaker and author. He's helped his clients win Olympic medals, major championships in golf, and in Major League Baseball, the NFL, and mixed martial arts. He's worked with world-class athletes, top executives, and soldiers from the most elite units in the U.S. military. Phil Mickelson, one of his clients, I think what I'm saying is this guy knows what he's talking about. And the book is called Mastering Golf's Mental Game. Dr. Michael Larden from San Diego on the line with us right now. Doc, how you doing? Good. Good morning, Jay and Jerry. It's a pleasure to be here. When I hear all that, you make me sound so old. <laughs> well, you're in good company when it comes to sound to being old here on this show. Uh, when you when you work with these top athletes and these top just top people, I mean, if if Tiger Woods comes to a coach or if Phil Mickelson comes to a coach, if I were a coach and any of those guys, not just good golfers but the best in the world, came to me for advice, I just tell them. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> what do you do when, when somebody who's at the top of their game comes to you and says, can you help me? Well, guys, yeah, I mean, they normally don't uh, make the phone call when they're at the top of their game. <laughs> so, Good point. Uh, but, you know, what you say is right in that it's how do you keep them doing what they can do. I mean, you're not really teaching them any new skill, you know, physically. You're just teaching them assist them to get out of their own way. So you take with what they have and you're trying to, you know, it's like a regular golfer. You know, there are days when if we shoot, you know, 39 on the front side, you know, in our mind we're not thinking about it, then we're all worried about breaking 80 and we're a different player on the back side. I mean, they have some version of that. You know, it's just not breaking 80 or 90. Um, so many of the, really, the concepts are very similar for the best guy in the world to the guy on Saturday morning at your club. What um, uh, a lot of people, golf especially, uh, doctor, is uh, you got that whole fight with within uh, various players about the number of things they need to be thinking about out there. Uh, sometimes less is more in that case. Uh, how do you balance that with, uh, you know, depending on, 
on what the people are asking you for? Well, one of the systems we use, I mean, the main system I, I use with players is called the mental scorecard. And it basically is very simple. It has two parts. And first part is what we do, the pre-shot pyramid. And this is what we want all the golfers to do, and we actually take this concept and use it in other sports. But the neuroscience of it is, first you step in, you use your left brain, you calculate the shot, use your logic. Just like we heard on the coach there saying pitching it, you know, put the ball in the middle of your stance. So you use your logic, you figure out the kind of shot you're going to hit. Once you're done with that, you move to your right brain. That's to get a little feel for the shot. Now, that could be a visual thing like Aaron Baddeley, where he sees the ball, Phil sees the ball. Some of the golfers, David Duval, he would feel the ball. His hands turn over if he wanted to draw. But you have to get that creative piece. Once you have a feel of what you're going to do, whether it's visual or in your hands, um, you, you then just step in, and we like you to hit it with instinct. We actually don't like you thinking at all. Now, if you're really nervous and you have to deal with, let's say, negative thoughts, oh, don't hit it in the water on the left, then we say you can have one swing thought, non-technical, real easy. Billy Casper taught me out here in San Diego 25 years ago that the way he'd do it, he'd just say, I'm going to just finish high. And by just kind of thinking about something simple like that, he didn't stress about the moment. So we want all the golfers to do that every shot, and then we rate them, and we say, of, the, of today's shots, if you shot 100 and you did it 50% of the time, you get a 50% rating. And most of the amateurs, that's as good as they are. The, ba- the best guys in the world are above 90 95%. And that's kind of how the system works. Dr. Michael Larden, the book is called Mastering Golf's Mental Game. As you just described, uh, Michael, some guys are feel guys. Some guys are more <clears throat> visual than others. So it's not exactly one size fits all. You really have to know not only the golfer, but whatever, whoever your client is, you have to know them and know what works for them. Well, yeah, in this, in this book, it's a workbook. So in the, the, the first half, we do basic concepts like how to deal with your emotion or bad thoughts or how to learn how to concentrate, and we actually teach you a little bit of theory and then we give you questions, and you rate yourself. So you go, well, I'm pretty good thinking well out there, but I lose my focus. And then you, then you work on that section of the book. And then every section, we, we, we give you a little theory. We give you a little test so you know how strong or weak you are. And then we give you exercises to do. And if you really do this stuff, and this was the purpose of the book, it would be hard not to get better. I wrote a book in 08 that did really well, but it was more of a narrative, like a Rotella book. And this one is really designed to, you know, sink your teeth into and work at it and, and, and get your mental game better, and that's the whole purpose of the, of the project. What did Phil Mickelson like about what you do? What, what attracted him to what you teach and what you do? Uh, probably my ping-pong playing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> he and I uh, have played a lot of ping pong together. But, um, you know, he likes the mental uh, scorecard system. He's really, I used to call it the two scorecards, you know, so you did your regular one, and then we rated your process because everybody wants to know the result. You know, did I, I need a birdie on the next hole? And so to get people to not think about that, we would rate your process. And one day uh, he and I were at his club hitting shots, and, 
this is still when I called it the two scorecard. And he just said, I like that mental scorecard thing. And we've worked with it now for several years. Um, so I was fortunate enough that he sort of coined the term for me, and, and it stayed. Is there a place, uh, uh, Michael, where certain people get to where you want them to be, and then you kind of say, okay, you've kind of dialed into this, now just go play? Well, sure. I mean, after, <laughs> you know, last year, the, the year uh, when Phil won the British, after he won the Scottish, I don't need to talk to him very much. <laughs> right. We just, we just let him go. When you're doing well, you know, we just let you go. Stay out of the way, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Same so, stuff for those guys as it is for us. So what is the pre-shot pyramid, and, and what does that have to do with what you're teaching? Well, that, that, that is the criteria of every shot. You know, you have the three components. i got to think about the shot. Okay, I'm done with that. Let's make sure I did that. Now on the tour, people have caddies. Now I want to feel the shot, get a sense of it, you know, see it or feel it in my hand. And then I want to just step in and hit it. And if I make those three parts for every shot, that's a one out of one. If I even make a great shot but I forgot to feel it, that's a zero out of one. So you start to rate each shot, and that keeps you immersed in the moment rather than worrying about, you know, the hole ahead or the hole behind. And that's the fundamental, you know, construct. And we, we rate you at the end of the day all the shots, good or bad. And if you do that, that's all you can control. You can't control anything after that ball leaves the club face. So you focus on the things that lead up to that, and that's your job out there. And if you do it all day, you're going to play better. And we have a lot of data to, to demonstrate that. How different is what? There are a million books out there about the mental game. It seems like every professional golfer has a mental coach on his team. What's different about your method and your teaching than than everybody else out there? Well, I mean, it's a good point. I mean, you know, in real life on the tour, the, the mental coach guys, for the most part, I think we're all on page. And the trick is, how do you get the athlete to buy into a system and, and believe in it? Because so much is about trust. So that's the art of it. I mean, this book's really more for the general public because, you know, guys like myself and the other guys out there, you know, we can't work with you one-to-one. So this is a real workbook. It's very different than the other golf books in that, you, you are given a, a really a system that you can apply that day, and you say, hey, how is your mental scorecard? When I work with a player, the first thing he tells me, not his score, but his mental scorecard. I remember early on with Lee Jansen, he, you know, when he played well, he wouldn't tell me he shot 65. He'd say, yeah, my mental scorecard was you know, 98% this week except two shots. So it changes the way people think, and we give you a kind of a script to do it, you know, to make it easy for you. How different are golfers to work with than other athletes or, say, members of the military or top executives? Uh, do you, is, how, how different are they? Well, golfers are like herding cats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I mean, you know, golfers are, are people like everyone else. They're really nice guys. They're guys that are a little bit more difficult. But, I mean, you're talking about success. You know, when we have people that are very successful, we generally have bigger egos to deal with. Um, Phil's actually very humble, so he's a great pleasure. 
Um, so, you know, just like with business guys, uh, you know, you have to kind of get through that barrier. You know, most of these guys are surrounded by, you know, a little team of people. But my job is not to go out there and be a cheerleader. I have a little different kind of job. I always say if I agree with you with everything, I'm probably not worth my while. Yeah. So, you know, so it's a different dynamic, but there are a lot of similarities. It's a good point. Fascinating just talking to you, Dr. Michael Larden. His book is called Mastering Golf's Mental Game. Out now or out soon? It's out on Tuesday, but you can pre-order it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. So uh, it looks good. I finally got a copy, so we're real happy. All right. Congratulations on the book. Congratulations on all you do, and best of luck to you in the future. Dr. Michael Larden joining us today. The book is called Mastering Golf's Mental Game, Your Ultimate Guide to Better On-Score Performance and Lower Scores. Jerry's coming up next to take us on tour on Tee to Green. Who did you let down today? Your wife? Your kids? Well, how about yourself? Take a look in the mirror. If you're tired of your drug and alcohol problem, you need to fix the problem and right now before you hurt or kill yourself or worse yet, somebody else. Call the addiction specialist now at the Detox and Treatment Helpline 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. If you have private insurance, we specialize in finding you the right treatment. When you call right now, you'll speak to a recovering addict who understands what you're going through right now. Let us help you break your addiction to drug and alcohol before it's too late. This call is completely confidential and free. So if you have private insurance, take five minutes of your time. Call right now. I promise it'll change your life. 866-490-3992-866-490-3992-866-490-3992. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? But it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure. 
foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit. But you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. It's the fastest hour in radio, quickest hour in golf. And another hour has just flown by, but we're not done yet. Jerry is here to take us on tour. Tour championship, final leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Uh, you know, last week Billy Horschel told us what a momentum golfer he is. Well, he's still got it going this week. After a 69 yesterday, he and Rory McIlroy are tied for the lead at minus 9. They're two of the players that if they win today, they win the FedEx Cup Rory, up first, talk about this would be a nice cap-off to his year. I've had my best year to date, and I feel like I've had the best year out of anyone on tour. And, um, you know, I've came here with the ultimate goal of trying to cap it off and, you know, trying to put an exclamation point on it or, you know, the icing on the cake or whatever you want to call it. Horschel and McElroy played together yesterday. They'll, of course, be in the last group today, and Horschel talks about the final round showdown. I know there's some other guys in the mix that are behind us, but... You know, they got to come catch us. We got, I think, a two-shot lead over Furyk, maybe, and a three- or four-shot lead over some other guys. So we've got somewhat of a cushion, and hopefully um, we can put on a great show, shoot some really low scores, and uh, see what happens on 18. He is correct. Furyk is in third place, two shots back. Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, and Justin Rose are three back at minus six, and then three more players at minus five. The women are in France at the Avion Championship, final major for them. Hyoju Kim... A 61 on Thursday, the lowest round in a major on any tour. She's had a couple uh, 72s after that, which is one over par, but she's still leading at minus 8, one better than Kari Webb. MJ Hur is 6 under. Anna Nordquist and Maria Ho Uribe are 3 back at minus 5. And there's a three-way tie between Richard Stern, Justin Thomas, and Derek Bathauer at the Ch- Nationwide Children's Hospital, the next-to-last event in the Web.com playoffs. Our thanks to Dr. Michael Larden. His book comes out in a couple of days. It's called Mastering Golf's Mental Game. Check it out, and also check out Draw in the Dunes, the newest from Neil Sagabell, our first guest today, all about the 1969 Ryder Cup and the finish that shocked the world. It just came out a couple of days ago, so very timely authors on the show today with a couple of great books, Draw in the Dunes and Mastering Golf's Mental Game. And that's going to do it for another edition of Tee to Green. Here from the Broadmoor Resort, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Again, happy birthday to our producer, Scott Cuddy. For Jerry, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening. Until next time, hit them long, hit them straight.